Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Inside the Comedian with me, David Reed. This week, I'll be interviewing Marek Larwood. Comedian, actor... Write-off, impersonator, YouTuber, me trombone, beatboxer, mermaid, frube. Marek Larwood, welcome to Inside the Comedian. Hello, David. It's wonderful to have you on the show. It's it's about bloody time. I've always wait to the second season to see if you know things setting because that's when the real they start paying the big money, isn't it? Absolutely, yes, yes. There's no point being a pioneer in anything, is there? That is a question. This is when this starts paying the big money, right? We'll talk about that at the end. Okay, um, sure. That's fine. Uh, in fact, uh, relating to money, you have demanded that I conduct this interview not in front of a live audience, um, but here inside a wheelie bin round the back of Snog, the frozen yoghurt place. Why is that? I'm just getting ready for my next part as a homeless person. Right. Oh, that's interesting. What's that for? Well, it's not, actually. It's uh, I'm just preparing... Uh, I'm just things have been a bit quiet lately, so uh, I'm in my next part in life. Will be a homeless a, person. Yeah, rather than an actual role. Right, okay, when do you start working on that? Well, this is it now. This, this, this is it now. Is it, it's I thought we workshop started. it now. Oh, how wonderful. And and thank you for inviting me into your home. I guess, is this your home? Well, sorry about the smell of piss. I mean, that was that. was a lot of that was there before I, I moved in. Right, you do get out of the wheelie bin to go relieve yourself. Well, no, you? I don't, but that's right. part of it. I got, I got a lot of people to piss in, into it. Right. Why? Just so I could get into character. Oh, I see. Um, if we could go back to your comedy career when that existed, it. Yes. You started as a solo performer back in 2003, winning the So Your Friends Think You're Funny Award. Um, what did your act involve back then? It was mainly, uh, I used to do a lot of uh, one-liners. Mm. I say one-liners, I just mean sentences. Sure. Rather, sure. I wouldn't necessarily say they were jokes, I would just say, I would just say sentences. Do you remember any of your best sentences off the top of your head? Uh, well, no, that's the, that's what people said about my act. It was so great that they instantly they forgot it. Forgot it immediately. Mid-sentence. Mid they, they were forgot. so in the moment that they did not recall a, a single bit of it. Yeah. Well, that must be useful for just repeating material, though. Well, it's great. I mean, the standard back then was so was so low. Right. That was how I was able to win all of these sort of animal-related competitions. Absolutely. And like just Spunking Squirrel. Spunking Squirrel. I remember Spunking Squirrel. Is, is Spunking Squirrel still going? No, I think it, 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 um, I mean, it stopped halfway through the jump competition. Right, yes. yes. One of the very short As everyone had just sort of drifted off. Yeah, with indifference. 
Absolutely, absolutely. It was just sentences back in 2003, wasn't it? You just... didn't need jokes. It was just a sentence. And if you had if you had a good adjective in there, mm. that always helped. Yes. And um, that's a describing word, isn't it? It is, yes. Yes, it is. Um, so but you... to describe an object, not an action. Yes, so that always really, once you put that in a sentence, I mean, you often get gasped. Wow. And, and do you think, who do you think uh, changed that uh, as being the norm? Who came along and actually started putting things that might be mildly amusing in there? I think work? it was Rasta Howard. Rasta Howard, yes, yes, I remember Rasta Howard. Yeah. He's still going strong, actually. He's doing he? very well. I supported Rasta Howard on tour of J- Jamaica and a lot of places like that. Right. Well, places like Jamaica? I mean, do you mean other places in the Caribbean or do you mean just countries? The countries like Jamaica. <laughs> countries like with Jamaica. A, begin with a J. So those are... Um, uh, <laughs> sorry, I've got... Uh, that's all my right. Chest is yes, my, that's okay. uh, they are Germany. Germany, yes, that begins with a J, yes, um, And uh, 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 Ghana, that's got a silent J. Yes, it does have a silent J. Uh, Jersey. Well, that sounds like an no, incredible those, tour. It was those three. A lot of... Long flights. Well, it's really annoying because they booked us. We often have a night in Germany, then a night in Ghana or Jana, mm. and then back to Germany again, mm. alternate nights. So it's crazy. That is crazy. But you think you booked two nights in a row in the same country. But at least you were probably playing to packed houses in those countries. Yeah, I mean, more than seven. Yeah, Rasta Howard is very popular, isn't he? Um, of course, people will want me to get on to uh, the act that really propelled you into the wings uh, and that was sketch trio Dog's Big Dick, alongside Egg Nachos and the seldom-remembered Ian There. Um, it was an incredible act. I remember seeing you back in the day as well. And, and you were legends, if I may say so, of the Edinburgh Fringe, uh, by which I mean you did two shows followed by a best-of. It was three, actually. It was it three followed by a best-of? Yeah. Right. I say three, but you just what you do, they bleed, they bleed into each other, don't they? Do they? Yeah. That sounds unsanitary. That's my, that's my motto for life. They bleed into each other. Yeah. And the they changes depending on context. Yes. Wow. So it will be we. We bleeds into each other. We Now it will be we. It, we bleed into each other. Yeah. Wow. Did you feel you'd made it back then? Did you think, ah, here are the dizzying heights of mediocrity I aspire to? Yeah, well, we... Or even higher. We were lucky enough to... Our own television series, right? Yes, of on, the same name, Dog's Big Dick, mm. on a celebrated um, television channel. Mm. Uh, Do you remember what it was called? That it was called Shit Today. Shit Today, yes. And Not around these days, of course, because it was it was a it was a very risky venture. I mean, everything they did was so risky. Because I remember with you, you, your show had a a chaotic, raw, very jubilant atmosphere when viewed live, mm. and then for some reason uh, on Shit Today. Uh, it was transplanted into uh, a firm of actuaries in Guildford, but filmed like the National Lottery Live. It was yeah. a very odd choice. I mean, that's a great thing about shit today. They would try or get a concept, mm. and they would say to themselves, how can we make this shit today? Right. And in pretty much all instances, yes, it was, their concept was a roaring success. So, yes, I mean, they... On their own terms, they got everything right. Yeah. But then, of course, nobody liked any of it because they made it shit today. Yeah. And so they folded after what? Three... Oh no, it's moved into. Oh, has it changed name? It's now it's well, it's, it's still a channel, but it's only on um, postcards. Right. So that's You have to subscribe to it, and they send the their their programs through on on postcards, on postcards. In, in written form. 
Oh, in written form, not not a frame at a time. No, they just describe. Not after twenty four weeks, you get a single second of well, a program. There's only so much you can fit on a postcard. It's very true. So it's, it's a description of a scene, and then. So it's actually an incredibly slow book. Really, is what but they're in, doing. It, it, it's really a, a roaring success, I think. Yes. Are, are you still on shit today? Is it that form? Don't, I think I got a repeat fee, a right. postcard fee, I think, of around somewhere in the, up to, in the region of four pence. Four pence, right. But it was when yeah. I was with, with an agency right. called um, Everstrong. Ever strong, yes. And they take 95% of that. Well, it's only fair. I mean, they do make the phone call uh, for you. For and that. the administration costs are a thousand pounds, so it's minus. It's I mean nine hundred ninety nine pounds. I've never worked in administration, but it sounds like an incredibly risky business because it it always costs an enormous amount of money, doesn't well, it? Well, we didn't realise that when we were in Dog's Big Dick and we yeah. all signed with Everstrong, yes. our agency, yes, who a, a, it's basically a cult of religious, really religious. Sort of, you have to very have, pious people. Uh, totally. Yes. They all wear white, uh, they don't swear, and they it's all sort of monastic life where they give everything away. Yes. But the administration costs for that. And there's nothing they can do about that. I'm sure they feel very um, humbled and sad that they have to pass all of that on to you. Well, the thing costs. is, it's a monastery, and they have to do everything with inks and with feathers. Right. So, and well, quills, you, know, you mean? You qu- yeah, well, yes. quills. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, qu- they quill. They... Not just inks and feathers in some other variety. No, 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 no. With quills. Yes. And, of course, every letter they do is just... It's beautiful, isn't it? It's it brings beautiful. a tear to the eye. Yeah, but that takes... Um, I think one letter takes five years. Do you think signing with them was a misstep, ultimately? Oh, no. I mean, if you look at the contracts now, they're absolutely beautiful. Do you have them framed on the wall? Well, no, not, not we're on in here, but you can't actually see them because we're in the pitch black, yeah. um, no, pitch black right. dark. It's very dark. It's very dark. What are you wearing? Hmm? What are you wearing? I just, I don't know what you're I wearing, so I want to try and picture it. Old milk. Old, oh, really? Oh, right. Interesting. I'm wearing a suit. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I can only apologise for what you might see when you leave. Um, so what? What happened to Dog's Big Dick in the end? Because ultimately you did all go your separate ways. Did you just sort of grow apart like teeth? Or was it more painful than that, like cystitis? It was more uh, like uh, cystitis, I think. Right. Really heavy cystitis. Yeah. What I mean, happened? Um, Talk me through it. Well, there was three of us, of course. I mean, Egg nachos, Andy and there. Egg nachos, he was an incredibly small man. He was only literally about seven inches tall. It's incredible, really. I mean, some of the shots in the, your TV show were very confusing because they had to get so low just to get him in. Yeah, and he had to stand literally on the lip of the camera. Right. And shout at the top of his voice. And we, the sets were about often about 100 to 200 metres deep. Right. For us to stand. Just to get the angle right. Yeah, just so it looked like we're all the same size. Well, that seems to favour him a lot, actually, because he's near the director, he's near the microphones, and you're you're so far away. Did you know when a, a take had started? Often we didn't. Right. Often it took so much time for the the uh, word action yes. to go those... Because um, I don't know if you knew sound, uh, sound travels a lot slower in, in recording studios. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so we were only just start acting, often midway through the scenes. And poor Ian, yes. he often never heard the word action until... I know, it seemed like the next day. So didn't start acting at all? Yeah, well, no, didn't get the chance to. And and that was the end of it for you, was it? It just it was unworkable? Well, it was just... Uh, we we stopped speaking to each other because the distances were so mm. far apart. 
in filming. Yes, I mean, presumably you were a lot closer to your own house. I had to. Do, I mean, you get the. I just had to walk to the bottom of the road, mm. and you were in shot, and I was in the back of shot. Yeah. Wow. So wow. it's very easy. It's, it's very easy just to just go. I'll oh, sod it. I'll just stay in bed. Well, I did that. I started doing that towards. We did a pilot, and I better go out of bed for that. So. Right. That was it, and then, and then the end. Uh, the the call came in and said, "Well, it's better if you just stay at stay at home." Fair enough. Fair we'll enough. We'll just really. leave um, Egg Nachos to stand on the lip of the camera. And and he's he's still standing on the lip of a camera, isn't he? I, I think so. Some I think so. Somewhere. I think so. I mean, I, don't... I hope they gave him a lift down before they put it back in the box. I only I only watch shit today <laughs> on postcards, so I don't actually know what's going on on television. But your career did continue after Dog's Big Dick and, and continued at, at a pace with television appearances on Yes Mate, uh, Gone Shopping, That's Lynn and BBC Three sitcom This Year's Men. Um, who's the best person you've worked with, would you say? Ooh, are we talking with... Uh, I mean, is it on set? Are we talking about, cater- are we, are we talking about catering? If, if catering's been your favourite thing, we can talk about catering. I think that catering... Has always been the best. Yeah. Any particular caterers stick yeah, out so for what, you? Uh, on, uh, yes, man? Uh, yes, mate. Sorry, yes, mate. And the catering was good on that. Oh, lovely bread and butter. Bread and butter. That yeah. does sound above the normal uh, catering you get given by the BBC. You get it toasted, mm. untoasted... Yes. Um, just as flour, just as flour, unmade, un- unformed. Sure. Deconstructed and, bread and butter. Yeah, stale. Stale. And just on been on the floor. I mean, those options. And a vegetarian option. Yeah, on a vegetarian yeah. 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 Uh, uh, so, I mean, often you see catering, you just see three options. You've got five whole options there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and could you go for a mix? Could you go... No, 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 oh, they wouldn't. They wouldn't, they wouldn't I mean, that would be greedy. They've got a system. There's a whole lot of people waiting behind. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I remember working on a BBC project once, and uh, I mean, the catering was incredible on that. Uh, the, what they did was they'd hired a young girl fresh out of university to come round. What do you mean by fresh? Uh, as in recently out of university. Okay, sure. Rather than fettedly out of university okay. some 12 years ago. Sure. And she would come round and go, I'm going to the petrol station on the corner, give me your money. And that was so nice because you wouldn't have to go to the petrol station yourself. Oh, that sounds like when I did a program called Nurses. Oh yes, what was that? It's, did you play a nurse? Uh, no, I played um, a, a children's entertainer on it. Right. And it's a very prestigious program. It's run at a, a slot at lunchtime on uh, British television. Right. And it's got some of the best writing and acting and performances. And I was lucky enough to get a role in that. And um, because the food is so. Is so amazing the gourmet a la carte food. Right, you have to bring your own money. You yes, own money absolutely. It's the only way to do it, yeah. isn't it? Otherwise, all of the budget for nurses would go on, go on food. If you'd like to see inside the comedian being recorded live, then we have a new monthly show at the King's Place Theatre in London. The next show is on Thursday, the eleventh of April. Tickets are available from kingsplace.co.uk. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 to get 20 20, to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. You and I actually worked together on BBC2 on a show called For Pity's Sake Pretend It's Improvised. Do you remember that? It was one of the uh, yes it was For Pity's Sake Pretend It's Improvised. They actually uh, I think they got it the wrong way around. How so? Well, they, they sort of improvised the making of the show. That's right. And yeah, but, but the actual show itself was not improvised. Yeah, so it was it was the wrong way around. That's right. It, it was. Uh, I think maybe that someone had got the wrong end of the stick because if I can explain to our listeners, um, the production team seemed to be making it all up as they went along with no planning having gone into it at all, whereas we had been. Over rehearsed, if anything, hadn't we? Do you do you remember? I mean, we we'd um, if if we got a word wrong, we would be beaten. Yes, it was a bit like a sort of regime where mm. you would um, a bit like a cult, really, where you'd be asked into this cult and asked to perform something and make something up, mm. and then without realizing it, six months later, yes, you had to make up that. Exact same, same thing, thing, word for word. I mean, it, it really uh, was a terrifying ordeal, wasn't it? I didn't realise I was in a cult until until some four months after the show had been shit canned. You know, it, it really. Well, just... that's a real. That's a trick of cults. It is, isn't they it? Don't, you don't realise you're. You don't realise you're in them. No. I remember almost for BBC Two. Almost no one. Watched it. That's right. Well, I mean, no one watched a whole episode. Which was quite uh, newsworthy, actually, because people are always watching BBC Two. They've just got it on in the background. You know, the, the, uh, no matter what is on, 
there is a baseline level of viewers, and we dipped way below that. Like we we have we offended a lot of people, or certainly bored them to find their remotes. I mean, it was the first time in British history a, a channel mm. had no viewers, no viewers whatsoever. Yeah, they could have actually put anything on, and legally they would have been fine because nobody had seen it. It it was as it it was below a child doing a one-man play for their parents. It I mean, was below the, the, the studio audience weren't... It, they actually stopped watching. That's right. One by one, I remember... Their, their eyes heads, their just heads, stopped working, And just their heads turned round. That's they right. They would physically rip the chairs mm. that had been bolted down, they would rip them out and force them back in with often their own heads, nailing them back in so their chairs yes. would face the other way. That's right. I remember one person... Uh, just dislocating their jaw and shoving the chair as far down their own throat as possible just to have something to do other than watch it. And, uh, of course, when they made the programme, the sound of bones cracking and metal was so loud they had to put that canned laughter up to literally cover it. Deafening levels. Deafening levels. To cover, and you can still hear bones cracking and metal being, the seats being wrenched. In the studio we did it in. I mean, the echo still hasn't subsided. It was that loud. People unscrewing bolts with their own teeth. Old ladies Mm. unscrewing bolts that have been stuck in for centuries even with their own teeth. It was was almost incredible Hulk-like acts of strength for people to not watch us try and remember things that we made up six months ago. Yes. Uh, More recently, you were in the British television remake of successful prank format, They're Always On!, Uh, that came over from the United States. Um, Was upsetting the public something that came naturally to you? Oh, yes. Um, I've always had a propensity to pick on the weak and vulnerable. Right. Well, it's easy comedy, isn't it? We're natural. Yes. Natural behaviour. Right. And this was a chance to get paid for it. Right. So, uh, but... Did it make it easier that the people you were picking on had no idea they were on television and that you were any different from just a violent and dangerous madman on the street? I mean, that's what it, that's what it was. Again, you the good the thing was we managed to use a lot of that canned laughter from for pray from, make it up for pity's sake pretend it's improvised. Yes, there was a lot of canned laughter left over that they just handed out in lieu of fees. I didn't get paid, so I had. Literally about eight minutes of the stuff. Right, right. And, and I it, was able to... to that's about the, 12 foot, isn't yeah. it? 12 foot of laughter. I was able to play that in while I was interacting with people. Which which does take the edge off just how sinister you are. Yeah. But it still does come across that some of those people were genuinely afraid for their lives. I mean, scared they're being approached by a, a murderer. Right. And a lot of instances, if the camera wasn't on, I would I would have... Yes. I would have killed them. Um, do you have any other dreams, do you think? Um, any any dreams you that are left unsatisfied? Uh... Let me put it this way. If you were to walk home after this recording, I'm sorry, you are home, but if you were to walk around the streets, maybe looking for loose change or cigarettes, and you stumble across a, a magical talking severed hand yes. that said it would grant you three wishes, but they had to be relating to your career, what would you do? I would like to be the face of milk. All milk? Yeah. Interesting. Who's the face of milk at the moment? Well, that's the thing. Milk hasn't got a face. Milk hasn't got a face, has it? And no one's really, no one's really brought this up. I mean, that's, that's a 
disgraceful thing to happen and nobody to notice is milk doesn't have a face. I think I'd like to be Christmas milk. Christmas milk? Because you know, like, Father Christmas goes in the Coca-Cola... That's right, he's he's Christmas Coca-Cola, isn't he? I would like to be... He's the... not Coca-Cola the rest of the year round, though, no. is it? They well, clearly well, can't be bothered to pay him for that. He's a bit in January... That's the, right. Depressing. Someone you've you've realised. Yeah. You've bought too much Coca Cola, and he's still he's still got to be that face for the first two weeks of January. He is not always Coca Cola. Yeah. So I'd like to be the face of milk at Christmas, so people look forward to it when they see my face. It's, oh, I'm looking think, forward to a glass of Christmas milk. Yeah. Holidays are coming. Holidays are coming. Holidays are coming. Holidays are coming. That would be lovely, actually. I can picture it right now. Yeah. Okay, that's one. You've got two more left. Uh, I think I'd like to sort of play some ch- Chinese roles. Chinese roles? Well, like spring roles? No, play some Chinese people. Oh, right, I see. In films. In films. Oh, well, there's a, there's an emerging market for um, Chinese actors in films. But you there? can't do it without doing being racist, can you? Uh, well, you can't certainly. Well, no, can, can you? No, I can't either. Well, I'm not Chinese. But, but why would what, how would you, how would you do an impression of a Chinese person? Well, would I, I wouldn't. I if don't someone think. said to you, "You've got a role with it," yes. you have got the role in the Chinese mega picture, the best role. That's in China. what it's called, the the Chinese mega picture. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, that's that's what how they market things out there. Right. You've got the best role in the Chinese mega picture, but you yes. have to be Chinese. Yes. I mean, you take it. You need the money. You're living in a bin. I'm living in a bin. I'm just saying that you know, I'm give, I'm just. Are you trying? Are you getting? T- have you been cast in a Chinese mega picture? Are you? Well, I'm asking you. Yes. What I would do. Yes. Well, I I think heavy prosthetic makeup would be needed. But voice wise. Voice wise, I'd probably uh, stay the same as I am. But they said, but they want you to sound Chinese. Yeah. Interesting. Then I'd probably. Well, just give me just give me a couple of sound bites. You see, I'm I'm far better at Japanese. I would know exactly well, fine, what to fine. do with Japanese. That's fine. Which um, is basically, if you've seen the film The Phantom Menace. Yes. Uh, incredible film. I absolutely love it. There is nothing wrong with it at all. It's the Trade Federation are basically Japanese fish uh, betrayers. And I would talk... That's basically what I... Oh, we should not have done this... Very That's good. basically what I would but, uh, would do. I think to avoid that thing mm. of me being racist, yes. I would become Chinese. You'd become Chinese. I would uh, have post-op to call, Chinese. Would have, yeah. Post-op so then they could Chinese. so they couldn't say, "Oh right, that he's not he's he, he's not doing a Chinese impression because he's yeah, he is now Chinese." Right. So you you would have prosthetic surgery to change your physical appearance to be Chinese. Yes. How would you change your vocal uh, appearance? Your vocal sound. Just do what you did then. But that's Japanese. Whoa. I mean, they are distinctly different countries. It, it, it is like doing a, saying you're doing a Spanish accent and you're actually doing a German one. <sighs> so I mean, maybe I could get myself to uh, look Japanese mm. and then just do the do it as a Jap- Maybe that's close enough. You'd be turning Japanese. Yeah. Which I've practiced doing. Have you? Yes. How have you practiced turning Japanese? Alone. Alone? Yes. It's the best way to do it. And your third wish, what would that be? My third wish would probably just to do a bit of a stint in the circus. The circus? Yeah. Is that your first love, would you say, the the circus? What what role? Would you stand on a horse in a pretty leotard or would you... uh, Oh, 
want. Yes. Is that what you want to do? Yes. Stand on the back of a horse in a pretty leotard. Yes, in a glittering leotard uh, with hair, my hair flowing. In, I like to have the horse's mane and my hair like a horse's mane as well. Sort of a, a duality of the two. Like you are one, you are part horse. Yeah. And the horse is part Marit Larwood. Yeah, centaur. I would like to centaur myself with, I would like to cut the head and neck off a horse mm. and stitch myself into it. I mean, that is a very different request to the one we started on, which was you being in a circus. You're now saying you want to mutilate a horse and yourself. And live in, inside and make. I want to create a new being. A new being, which is a sort of centaur. What would you cut off yourself? Uh, just from any, everything from the dick down. Right, but the dick down. So wherever yeah. it dangles to, what, what sort of... You know, top of the dick down. Top of the dick down. Why would you want a horse's dick? Why would you want a normal dick when the, the, uh, when the horse's, horse's dick. dick? Well, why not have both? Well, I'd have the, then you have a normal dick at the front. And That's then, right. Well, no, you can't do that. It ruins the muscle structure. I that suppose it muscle. does. Have a... Could you not... Uh, be entirely intact within the body of the horse. Not if you're going to. You're not. You want to be taken seriously. No, that's a very. Good and then you'd point. have to kneel down the whole time. I don't know if you've ever had to kneel down inside a horse. I have not. Yeah, very uncomfortable. Is it? Very bony in there. I yeah, imagine. awful. Would you let anyone ride you? Do you think if you were central? In what? In what way? I mean, uh, sitting on your back in the style of riding a horse, rather than ride you in the sort of uh, sexier time style. Putting the dick in my in my horse's ass. That was not my question. Um, I. It depends whether I had to have reins or not. Because mm. I always, I, I wouldn't like to have a metal bar, you know, deep in my mouth, choking me. No, you're right. That would be nasty. And you don't really want to be whipped on the bottom either to go. Faster. No, no, no. Although I would enter myself in the Grand National. When you say enter yourself, yes, you would compete. Both. Wonderful. Well, Marek Larwood, thank you for letting me inside you. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Inside the Comedian with me, David Reed. That's the last in this third series of Inside the Comedian. For news on further series and our live recordings, please go to mrdavidreed.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.